But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. All right, there it goes. Um, oh, for bloody, bloody, bloody biscuits. There it goes. Um, so, sorry, friends. I just did an update on something and it broke everything. So, hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to this. <laughs> I just did an update to the stream deck, which is where I have all my macros set up. And now nothing's working. Uh, so that'll be that's going to be fun to fix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining us, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. I am the key master. <laughs> but I am not the gatekeeper. Uh, God damn it. Uh, your co-host, Julie. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Uh, your co-host, Thorsten. Hello, hello. And your co-host, Jacob. Sorry, no quote today. Way too high a temperature. <laughs> What's the te- Fair. What is the, what is the temperature over there in uh, Poland right You're now? American. You wouldn't know, but it's, uh, but it's close to, I think, 40 degrees outside. I've got converters. Celsius. Hang on. So hang on. 40 degrees. D to F. Okay. So that's 104. Woo. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. boy it's oh. a bit. But as is outside, at least. <laughs> that was the temperature here yesterday. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm a little closer to the coast, thankfully. So uh, it's it's only going up to the high 70s. Thank God. Um, but, you know. Exactly, Luke. Too many degrees. Way too many degrees. Yeah. I mean, living on the coast is great for now, but then the floods will come. And that, that'll be that. And uh, so. I'm gonna, Anyways. I'm gonna, <laughs> So, friends, uh, I don't remember who was the one that suggested today's topic. Was it Spaz? Was it Spaz or Julie? Okay, it was Spaz. All right. So, um, so Spaz, why don't you? Do you mind taking the lead on this one? I do not mind. All right, go for it. So this came up as a topic during the accessibility podcast I was having with Julie, and the topic of gatekeeping because people who have certain disabilities uh, get kind of pushed out. So that is hand in hand with, with gatekeeping as people who don't have any sort of considerations, they don't have any sort of frame of reference to use that phrase. And so they don't exactly have this, the, the empathy one would hope that they should have. And because of that, they take a degree of tribalism to their, the spaces that they inhabit. They build their identity around whatever that thing is. And if anything seems like a threat to that, they gatekeep and try to push people out of those spaces. Yeah, it's like a, it's like they a, do this on sorry. they do this on basis of gender or on race or on disability. They do it with the phrase "get good" mm. because for some yeah. people they can't get good. There's a skill ceiling that they're not able to reach, and so there are all sorts of ways in which people who would otherwise be welcomed feel pushed out by people who are being assholes. And that's what started the topic. 
Sorry, I was muted. That's fair because I was drinking. That's fair. Uh, I always think of gatekeeping as a clubhouse of 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 eight year olds that says no girls allowed. That's that's how I always envision, you know, gatekeeping as a treehouse or something like a pillow fort. Yeah, like a pillow fort. Yeah, exactly, or a blanket fort uh, that says no girls allowed because it's that level of maturity, right? It's it's that level of emotional intelligence. And also that level of tribalism, because tribalism does factor into it. It's it's an identity thing that this is our space, and it came up during Gamergate. It came up during Ugh. a lot of issues that have sprung up over the years, and I don't have to go into all of them in, in great detail. But yeah. Gamergate was a big thing about this. It was It was about <sighs> keeping women out of spaces that were thought of by certain individuals as being spaces for white men. Uh, you can't and, just call them gamers. We do that nowadays. Well, no, because even that is gatekeeping in itself. Because, as I, as I wrote in our General Course channel earlier, if you play games and you consider yourself a gamer then you are a gamer and nobody else gets to define that for you. Yeah. Like one of my good friends, uh, Marsha joined the server for this topic and she said something like, I'm not as much of a gamer as you guys, because I only play this one mobile game. And it's like, no, that's not, no, that's not how this works. You play a game, you're a gamer. That's, that's it. It doesn't matter the game you play or how much you play it or whatever. Like, and the same applies to fandom. The same applies to fandom. Exactly. If you like that thing, then you are a fan. And nobody else gets to tell you you're not enough of a fan because you don't know this bit of trivia or because you got a detail wrong. No. No. Don't do that. That's bad. This is why on the same podcast Spaz was talking about, one of the other co-hosts brought up the fact that he used to have a podcast called Too Lazy to Be Otaku. And uh, basically being that, you know, he likes anime, but he's not a fanboy. You know, he's not a Japanophile, so, you know, quit badgering him about it. And, uh, you know, the thing is I've encountered things like this in uh, when you're talking about modern combat games, and I've had people say, well, there are no women here because there's no women in modern combat, you know? And it's like, after what? I quit laughing, it's, yeah. And after I quit laughing, it's like, you know, women have been in combat in the United States since 2016 and a lot longer in other countries. And uh, that's that's what you try and deal with where they think, oh, well, combat is a... Uh, it's just a male thing, you know, but yet there are also examples of positive gatekeeping and in real life. Anyway, think about the idea of a moderator of a forum or in my case, when uh, I'm a gatekeeper, will I stop people from stealing mon- money from uncle Sam? So, mm, okay. That's a good point. So I, I, I guess we're here to talk about the more negative aspects of gatekeeping, right. not the, because, right. because the term gatekeeping usually has a negative connotation anyway, but you're right. There is, there is positive. There are forms of positive gatekeeping, like our docking ring on our discord server. That's 
a form of positive gatekeeping where we actually mostly there to keep out to keep out the bots because uh, that's mostly what it's there for. Well, but still, and, and also also to keep out people who think we're a Discord server for a specific game. <laughs> Like when, yeah, when, there is another game with a similar name to uh, our community. Space and Junkies. We, yeah. Space Junkies. Yeah. And we had a whole bunch of people oh my God. over the over the last uh, five years or so who joined and think it was a server for that. Nope. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> We're a bit more varied here. I don't even know what that game is. I, it's a v- it's, it, it was a VR game. It's a VR game? With, yeah, it's, a v- it's by Ubisoft, I think. I don't, I don't think- know who... I, I don't know who published it. I think it was Ubisoft. I don't think it actually went anywhere. <laughs> I, think, I think it bombed. <laughs> it might have. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly. There were there was some hype about it for a while and then crickets. <laughs> like, like you notice we didn't get any more people on the Discord server looking for the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the last couple of years, we haven't had anyone asking about it. Not surprised. What the hell is it? Okay, server. I'll tell you, yeah. Never mind. Just complete vaporware. I don't care. Anyways, um, <laughs> also yes, keep, keep, uh, to keep also to keep up people who uh, shill for crypto because people seem to be trying to do that here. Oh my god, what was it no. the other day? Oh, I want to support your your project uh, with crypto. Define project. People, oh, people in chi- people in lo- China love crypto. Like, no thanks. And then we. <laughs> so they, that was me. that was during a podcast. In fact, so that person got insta banned. Oh god. Uh, yeah. Now. Now I I will note I think that happened because we had one one developer on here <laughs> who was promoting a game that was related to blockchain. And we have not had that person on since and we will never have another game that promotes blockchain as part of anything. what we do on this podcast. Anything. Or anything with our yeah. community. Yeah, really. Uh <sighs> they can do it, but they just can't promote it on our server or in our community. You know what makes me sad about that? Uh, side I'm note, listening. the guy who made Jumpgate, you know, my favorite MMO, he's making a new space mm. game. He's making a new space game called Warp Nexus, and it is super oh, is that one? blockchain NFT enabled bullshit. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. So, yes, gatekeeping uh, has its benefits. Yeah. But you, have, yeah. but you need a very specific reason for it and a very specific yeah. framework yeah. for why you keep certain people out. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I, I'm a big believer in the mentality that of two things. First, you get the community that you cultivate. So if you keep the bigots out, they will not be able to make it a difficult place to be for marginalized people. And I've said this many times before. And the other part of it is by keeping those people out, your community can grow and bring in more good people and keep that virtuous cycle going. To where you only have good people in your community and it keeps on growing because of that reputation of being a good community to be in. And that's a good recursive cycle. I lo- it's I lo- a good kind of gatekeeping. Yeah. I, lo- I love our community so much, by the way. Thank you, everyone, for being as amazing as you are. You just, right. I, Am I allowed to do a weird to do a tangent about moderation here dude, and what constitutes good moderation? Dude, we might as well call this tangent the podcast. Don't worry about it. Just do, <laughs> yeah, just, it's it's related. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so, one thing uh, that I often see in uh, like people trying to moderate things, and they is they go for an approach that's basically like no arguments or no politics or whatever, which is 
it suffers from the same problem as like how how is it called? What's it called in English? It's like um the thing where both if someone's getting bullied it's at school, both people are at fault. Uh, well, so blaming the victim. What blaming the victim is uh is part of that. Um, uh, zero tolerance policy. Yeah, that's what okay. it is. Got it. Essentially, you don't want like a no argument, like like a no argument policy, because while yes, some people might just be starting shit. Some people also might genuinely be defending themselves from someone you know insulting them and calling them a wank, uh, a twat, and I mean <laughs> that's. At that point, you tell them to sit the fuck down. But usually, you it's not even that, like, as part of moderation, you kind of have to, like, be able to make a moral judgment and actually uh, figure out from a moral standpoint what is better for your community. You can't just sit down and go, okay, everyone, just start up, just no fighting, just no, fi- no fighting, everyone. This is the war room. <laughs> I should have, should have went with that one. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I actually recently watched Doctor Strange Love. It's really good. Uh, but okay, one tangent at a time. But the problem is, a lot of times these sorts of rules are just a wait for the moderators to go, well, uh, I'm just going to tell everyone to stop arguing and hope tell everyone to stop and not actually like kick people off who are massively problematic, problematic because they're cultivate, because they're freaking forming a uh, call, uh, forming a cold off, I don't know, hating women in uh, one of the in one of the channels. Well, uh, if you want, I could expand on that point because. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, we used to have a rule on our Discord server and in our community about not talking politics at all. And uh, I think I was actually one of the few people that was like openly ex- against it. Uh, after yes. I got yeah, you were. You were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and we had that rule for uh, quite a while. And when we rescinded that rule, we did so gladly because it was about time that it had happened. The part of it is because you may not consider our podcast to be art, and that's fine. I don't consider it art necessarily. It's a form of expression, but it's it, it I don't necessarily legal call it art. definition. This is no, not of course art. not. This is not art. No, no. but <laughs> but all art, but all art is political inherently whether because it has a message also- or not just because by expressing it itself by having an expression to have out there it is political in some way shape or form also because political is an intri- inherently a very vague term that in the long term means either some variant of determines like determines power dynamics which with how things work out eventually devolves into anything people disagree on like yeah you can go there and that's and and to expand on that even further to say oh we are apolitical is also a political stance so anyone who does that is uh lying through their teeth because what they're actually saying is we like the status quo the way it is and challenging that is going to rock the boat and we don't want you rocking the boat thank you for using the phrase rock the boat because that's exactly what i wanted to call it yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's if there's a problem that is going on behind the scenes and nobody's able to talk about it, then the status quo is going to remain. So if that status quo is hurting marginalized people on your or server anyone. because they can't talk about what's what's going on, then 
yeah, you have a problem, and it's your policy of trying to stay, quote-unquote, apolitical, even though that's exactly not what you're doing. So, by openly taking a stand and saying, no, we're not going to try to stay apolitical, we're, we're going to have open discussions here, and we may disagree, as long as we're respectful about it, nobody's going to get banned. Except for Biggs, right. because, you know, so, then I guess get banned. So, tangent number one. Go. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, go? <laughs> we just finished. <laughs> no, All I mean, right. I mean, tangent number one, go. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, okay, yeah, that that is fair, Luke. It is nice to have places where you don't confront where the world, like, places where the world sucks. But you typically do that by keeping people away, like, how do I put this? You typically want to do that by keeping people who cause problems uh, out of a place. Mm. Because yep, people that's fair. who cause problems cause problems, well, in a lot of places for a lot of reasons. I know that sounds maybe not, maybe not redundant, like tautological, I guess, but it's how it is. Well, in our Discord server, just so people who are listening to this and who haven't been on our Discord server will know, we, we the do bulk. keep our we have our politics uh, section, uh, which is mostly in in talk about uh, COVID as it relates to the the rest of the world and us personally, as well as uh, a channel for what's going on in Ukraine right now. And there's a lot of politics stuff on our server. But at the same time, it remains respectful, and people can have their opinions. You yes. know, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is something Espaz brought up uh, on the other podcast, and this relates a lot to people who want to keep things the status quo. And I've encountered this a lot in real life, and people who want to keep things the status quo, they tend to be very alienated every time you encounter somebody or something that doesn't reflect the world the way they see it and so one thing that spaz brought up and i have encountered this like i said in the real world outside gaming where i've been subject to just sheer raw hate by gatekeepers but when you think about gatekeeping and i've had people make fun of me because of my vision before because of my color blindness and something spaz said is no matter who you are ultimately you will need some sort of accessibility and you will need somebody to open that gate that you've been keeping shut yep yep yeah yeah, I mean, a lack of empathy really causes a lot of this, I think. Yeah, it, it does come down to a lack of empathy for for other people, because it's all about me, me, me for certain people. And that's why that's one of the reasons why they build this tribalistic mindset of, well, if it's not about me, I don't care. And that mentality is going to hurt others regardless of whether or not it's intended because if you're keeping people out then your community doesn't grow in a positive way it it ends up being a place where toxicity festers 
And if you allow toxicity to fester, the people who aren't toxic will just leave. And then you're left with a 4chan or Ugh. as a branch off of that, an 8chan because <laughs> the people there were too toxic for there. So <laughs> it it's it's bad enough that there are people who actually want to keep the toxicity flowing. There are people who feed off of that when they gatekeep because they think, well, the world's already going to be terrible enough. I'm not making it worse. I'm just going with the flow and not making anything better because it would take effort to make things better. Though, can I chime in? Because if we're talking about causes of gatekeeping, the big one is, uh, how do I put this? There's a comic I'll send in. Is it penises? Is that the big cause of gatekeeping? Is it, not is, this is, time, is, is it, Professor Freud. Is it not dick? This time, dick is the big. <laughs> Sometimes just a cigar is another man's. <laughs> All right, Professor Sigmund Freud, please sit down. As I was saying, <laughs> please the, go ahead. One of the. Big reasons that I see for gatekeeping is like if you ask a gatekeeper why do they do things, it is because uh, why do they why do they do it is because a lot of times people are afraid that their communities will somehow be lessened by uh, the addition of other people. In that uh, essentially, in that essentially, the idea there's the idea of the lowest common denominator. Uh, a lot of this happened. Uh, there is a reason why gaming communities are notoriously uh, st- are notorious uh, for gatekeeping is because uh, they see the broadening of what uh, of what is and isn't a gamer as the reason why games become shallower and uh, more uh, and more um, appealing to the lowest common denominator. That is. And while that isn't that is partially correct, it is also, if anything, I would argue victim blaming. Yes, because it is not up to the audience to determine what the uh, uh, to determine what uh, the uh, the corporations do. Like the corporations can make good games, they just choose not to. And fundamentally, what you're doing is forcing people out of a hobby when you should be blaming the people in charge. Well, people in charge, people in charge of making things. And this this is very important because yeah, this is very important because you need to point out to reasons, uh, you uh, point out reasons why gatekeeping happens to stop it and counter it. You just can't you can't just say, oh, gatekeeping bad. It is bad. But why is it bad? And what causes it? Tribalism, toxic masculinity, racism, you name yes. it. Yeah, I mean, well, there are more reasons, obviously, but those are the big three that come to my mind. Yes, but of course they need to be identified, and if you want to talk someone out of gatekeeping, you need to, you know, pose arguments. Maybe not even, maybe not even base uh, base around that. Just ones that understand why they do th- why they do certain things. Because gatekeepers don't think they're racist. Most of them don't. They don't think they they're hateful people. They just believe that they're protecting whatever they whatever they enjoy from bad people, whoever they might be. Uh, because now they, now why they think certain people are bad people is where the problems come in. Uh, and that's why moderation is needed on spaces need to be moderated because 
if you take a approach of free speech for everybody uh. or to, to use the phrase free speech uber alles uh you then leave it as an open forum for anyone to be as racist or bigoted as they want and drive people out and because you are not moderating that space and keeping it safe for people to be in then your space is only going to be filled with people who are comfortable with racism or bigotry or misogyny and if they're keeping people out then what what kind of community do you have? The the only community you have is a community of bigots, and that's what you're left yeah. with. It's kind of what happened to 4chan, partially because obviously of the lack of the moderation. But I don't believe everyone on 4chan is bad, but I do believe everyone on 4chan is sad. <laughs> it's either people Fair. who are hateful or who have so little respect for themselves. That when they just say anything and get called like fifty different slurs from the seven or from like eighty different ethnicities, they just don't care because <laughs> they're so numb. They're like so numb to other people's hatred. They're they're like completely numb to other people's hatred because they have so little in the way of like self esteem and self respect. And if they, they don't have, have any, if they don't have any self respect, they're not willing to respect others. Yes, because, and also yeah. because they. Because they don't believe they, they also believe that's that's the best they they uh, they can have sometimes. Yeah, it's it's like weird how that it's it's weird how when you have no self respect and no self esteem, you don't feel you deserve any a lot of time a lot of the time. So you just don't seek it out. You don't try and better yourself. Like this. yes, it's like if we get us like if we're already on a semi tangent from frick from um this all uh, relates from, uh, this all relates ga- it's fine <laughs> from gatekeeping to like straight up psychology there is the whole thing that people can both be simultaneously like victims and abusers oh god yes yeah. oh 100% yeah. that is absolutely that is not only possible but common like oh my there's god historical examples of it i'll put it that way I have a good example, a real good example. And this is, and this is the, I mean, I'll just go back part of the story. And uh, I was in church one day and this guy starts from the pulpit, starts attacking uh, someone. It's a long story from the NAACP, but he attacks Buddhists, he attacks gay marriage, and he attacks Caitlyn Jenner. And I said, well, I almost kind of agree with the last one, and here's why. Caitlyn Jenner is the only anti-trans trans woman I have ever seen. Uh, it's okay. odd. Okay, only one you've seen, because there's more, but let's carry on. The only one I've seen, and she has actively campaigned against trans children in sports. And I'm sure there must be a lot of other examples out there. But the thing is, what a lot of you have a lot of people who are like that, and if they get insulted or if they think their community has to say a certain way, they don't realize that you can end up being the last person in your little community or your little view of the world. And uh, people fail to realize that or they fail like Spaz talked about. You know, they fail to realize that one day you could be in the same boat and, uh, you know, now I won't get into it, but the same person that attacked everybody from the pulpit is now in the other boat himself. And a lot of that comes down to the 
voting for the leopards eating your faces party. Uh, uh, oh, that's a fu- but not my face, right? Right? Not my face? Yeah. No. Explain the analogy to to the chat. Okay, so voting for the leopards eating your faces party. There's there's a meme, and I've shared it on the on the Discord before, of a leopard next to a deer, and the deer is saying is being told by the leopard, this is why you should vote for the leopards eating your faces party. And the deer says, but not my face, right? And then gets a blank look from the leopard. But but not my face, right? <laughs> so <sighs> voting against your own interests is very similar to what Julie was just talking about. It's 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 being both in a position of being marginalized and also marginalizing others further within that same subgroup or who, who would have less of a chance. It, it's, it's getting up a ladder and then kicking out the ladder from under you. So now you've climbed up, but you've made the process a lot harder for the people who are coming from behind you to follow that same sort of path. <sighs> yeah, that's the one, Julie. Thank you. What? I posted in the chat. chat, but you know, and in, I've encountered a lot, and I know there's some dispute about what happened with CCP. But you think about how I was, I was infamous at one point in that community because I said, "Look, some people like me just want to mine." relax and uh ultimately i got attacked just for wanting to do that and the community thought well you know uh, this is the way we want it and nothing bad can ever happen and then things like what happened is ccp had to start closing their offices and they overextended themselves and uh the there was this group called permaband that was consisted of some of the devs and they had this little song they used to play conventions harden the f up but you know now i'll just bet they're not hardened the f up anymore so it's like my expanse said you know if you're inclusive of the community of other people it can only benefit the community and when you're talking to someone you never know because people think they're hiding behind the veil of anonymity and i did an experiment once i heard somebody in a game and it's we've talked about this game here in the past but so i won't go into it but this person was just haranguing this other person i said that person thinks he's and thinks he's anonymous. Let's see how anonymous. I started out with just his, just just his handle, right? Within 15 minutes, I knew exactly where he lived, where he worked, and where he went to college. And so you're not as anonymous as you think you are. And one of my very good friends, just because she lives in Georgia and doesn't have an accent, she was in the game that shall not be mentioned, you know, Chris. Roberts, uh, but you can she was. It. It's fine. Stars. She would. She was working as kind of like a journalist for 
for uh, Star Citizen. And um, she doesn't have any kind of a Southern accent at all. And people started in on her about African-Americans, and she just waited for them to uh, give enough rope to hang all of them and said, well, newsflash, I'm black. And then, you know, I hope you like the journal journalism I did because you're not getting any more. Bye. So you never know if you're trying to gatekeep who's on the other end of the line. True. Have you guys? I'll, oh, good. I'll expand on that actually. Um, when it comes to gatekeeping, there is another really sinister aspect to it, and it ties back into accessibility. And I didn't mention this during the accessibility podcast, but I really should have. It's taking someone who is who is able to do something despite their disability. And then using them as a cudgel to say, well, this person is able to do this. Therefore, you don't need these accessibility. Say it with me, model minority. Yeah. Yeah. And being Asian myself, I am very, very well aware of the idea of being considered a model minority. Let me be very, very clear. There are a lot of Asians who are horrible at math. Uh, Explain to the chat what model minority is if we're... If we're doubly down on it. No. <laughs> oh, first, Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. Come during, on. During the, during the 80s. Funny. <laughs> a, a phenomenon showed up. A very horribly racist phenomenon. Especially in the US. Of using Asians as a model minority. To point to. And I hate to say this because it is true to point to black people and say, look, these people are a minority too, but they're excelling. Why aren't you? America, you put them in internment camps just 40 years before that. America. What's anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, the facts are this, um, the Chinese exclusion act, which was extended to include, people, including my own parents, who were not able to emigrate to the U.S. until the mid uh, mid to late 60s because, hey, the civil rights movement actually fought to change immigration laws. They were fighting gatekeeping that were keeping my parents from being able to become citizens of the U.S. So, Thank yeah, you. this is a this is a big deal. You know, thank you for making the connection for me. I had to uh, just explain in chat uh, that yes, from gatekeeping to discrimination is not that much of a leap. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It really isn't. It really isn't. And so the same civil rights leaders who were fighting for black people to get the right to vote were also the same people who were fighting for my parents to be able to emigrate to the U.S. So. That's kind of personal to me, and I'm very thankful for their work, because otherwise I would not have been born here. <sighs> but during the 80s, hey, uh, going back to that, a lot of the people who emigrated during the, the uh, early 70s and had the money to do so were affluent. Therefore, they could afford to put their kids into good schools. 
And so this is where it ties in to being the model minority. Because, yeah, a lot of people who could have afforded to emigrate and weren't refugees, they were able to put their kids in good schools and then get pointed to as a quote-unquote model minority by white people. However, while this was going on, people who had come over as refugees, their kids didn't necessarily have the same opportunities. So while you say uh, people from certain countries, certain Asian countries, did well as Americans, people who came over as refugees didn't necessarily have the same opportunities because they came over very poor, maybe with the clothes on their backs. So there is that too. And that part of it tends to get forgotten in this whole model minority gatekeeping bullcrap because there is no other way for me to put that without being angry about it. Oh, the comment section is going to be spicy under this one, and I'm, here, and I'm all for it. Bring it on. I have another real-world example, I was and gonna, this I, is my mother. I was going to ask about minority. I was going to ask about real-world examples of all this, so please. Go ahead. Here's a real-world example, and this is my, my, that happened to my mother. And uh, this, there are still people in this world that hate disabled people of any kind of disability. And I, I obviously I can't go into it, but there was a congressman, because the person is still a congressman, who didn't want those kind of people in his neighborhood. So I recused myself from the project and I told my then supervisor, I said, you can tell the congressman what I said he can do with it in so many words. My mother was a speech therapist, but I was raised by a mother with cerebral palsy and people would see her walk and think she's stupid. And I'd say, well, you know, uh, my mother spent her life teaching people who are deaf how to speak. What did you do with yours? And so a prominent charity, and again, I won't tell you which one because they're still a prominent charity. Uh, she went there for a job. And this was back in the day when there's such things as job quotas. And she was very qualified. And like I said, she taught people how to were deaf how to speak. But at the end of the interview, the interviewer says, well, walk across the floor for me. And she, and she said, well, why? What are you talking about? And it turns out he was going to offer her the job, not because she was very qualified, but because she would be used as an example and fill the disability quota spot. And so she walked across the floor for him and out the door. And end up working at the county home. Ow. Yeah, that sort of thing <sighs> happened. And I'm sure it still happens in some places because people who do not have the frame of reference to deal with people who are disabled, they just don't have that empathy because they don't have a reason to. It's they weren't. It, they weren't ha they weren't forced to have any sort of empathy for other people because of exposure to people with disabilities or people of other races. They've been in this insular bubble, and anything that threatens the existence they have within that bubble is seen as an outsider, a threat to the tribe, or whatever they believe that tribe to be, even though they may be a very, very tiny minority within that tribe, they think they rule it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people 
who don't believe in karma. And I said, I understand. I understand that. I've been attacked for being Christian and Buddhist in an office. People have screamed at me and said, you can't be both. You have to make a decision. But, um, you know, so I tell people, I said, well, you don't believe in karma. Think of it the way my old NCOIC used to say, what goes around comes around. And so now the very person who, from the pulpit, attacked minorities, who attacked Buddhists, who attacked trans people is himself disabled and can no longer be a deacon. Oh, boy. So we have a question from the chat. Uh, is pay to win a form of gatekeeping? Do y'all think? That's all right. Dragging this back to games. Yeah, it can oh, be. Boy. It I, can be. I think it can be. And I, I say, think it absolutely can be. Yeah, I, I say it can be because there is a sense of if you are uh, playing a game where the uh, the top ranking people are people who have paid into it hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, and you're not in that group of people who have paid, especially if that game is pay to win, yeah, you're going to be pushed out. You're going to feel pushed out because you don't have thousands of dollars to spend on a game. Uh, Fernando follows up. Um, he thinks gatekeeping in games should be an honest statement of the game to avoid players misunderstanding the game. Huh. Uh, so does that mean like if you have a form of like pay to win and gatekeeping your game, you should be upfront about it? Is that I, I'm not sure if that's what he's saying. Honestly. Like, how do you... How, well... If you have a game, how do you say, or would you say even, like, hey, we only want certain people playing this game? Like, would you ever say that? No. No, no. They, uh, I'll give an example. Um, uh, there, are, there are PvP MMOs that, that are designed with the idea that you're going to have the very top players play not at a certain skill level, but because they have paid in. Lots and lots of, of money have been paid in in order to get the best stuff. And if it's things like buying consumable ammo, that is premium ammo, then they are going to be playing on a level that is well above what the free players can cope with. So if you try to play at that level, even if you have the skills they would tell you to not play on that level because they expect you to be a whale like they are. And they'll try to keep you out. It's not the devs who are doing this precisely. It's the community that forms around that meta. Right, but and they are gatekeeping the players out, the, the other new players out. But what, I mean, the developers created a game that fosters that kind of behavior with, with the to win exclusivity to a point. So, right. So right. I, th I think what Fernando is saying is there's the, the developers should be clear about that's they're expecting a certain type of community for their game. I think that's what he's, is that what you're saying, Fernando? I'm not a hundred. That's pretty much how it sorts out though. Doesn't it? Because when you have a, a, a case like that, where it's a PVP game and those who pay are going to be at the very top and those who don't pay are not going to reach the top. 
they may be good, but they won't reach the top level. You'll have uh, a pyramid of the people who have paid at the top of the pyramid, the people who are skillful but have not paid as much in the middle of that pyramid, and then you will have everybody else at the bottom. That's how it will sort out. Hmm. See, I I contrast the idea of a developer saying this is the kind of game that we do, and it's going to take a certain kind of uh, player. And I can think about the FromSoft game. So it's like, okay, it's not going to be really casual friendly. So that's one thing. It's developed like that. But the the contrasting idea is when you have a game like Cuphead and the developer said, well, you know, we didn't set out to make this kind of easy game, uh, a difficult game. But then when they put in an easy mode into the game, the community screamed bloody murder. It said like it somehow took away from them, from the community, if other people could finish the game uh, like they could, even though they're casual players. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. But there is another aspect to it, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, the speedrunning community is... Well, this is going to be a fun one. No, actually, no. This is, no, don't hear me out. Hear me out. The speedrunning community is actually very accepting of the people who actually do the speedruns. They are very accepting of the idea of accessibility options for other players because even though they specifically will not use those accessibility options for their speed runs, you know, they won't play on easy mode. Obviously it doesn't make sense, but unless that's the category, unless, unless that's their thing. And that's cool. Not, not having any sort of problem with that. But what I'm saying is those people don't have a problem with easy modes being there. The people who actually have a, who create a problem for accessibility options being added to games are people who are more casual about the games and don't actually do the speedruns. They're the ones who complained about being able to pause in games like uh, Dark Souls being an issue because some people have chronic pain and they may need to pause the game so they can stop because they can't continually play without pausing. You know, Wait, that's, Can you not pause in that game? Can you not pause? In- you can't. What the, the, the game goes on and you because it's always online, oh, technically speaking. Oh, yeah. Oh. So if you have a game you can't pause and you have chronic pain, well, you're kind of kept out by a design decision you have no control over. And just to say, well, this game is not for me. That should be because you don't like that genre or a specific type of gameplay. It shouldn't be because you don't have enough accessibility options to make it playable for you. Mm. So I think what people are saying, like what Marsha is saying and what Fernando is saying is like, maybe on their steam page, should they say something like, this is a hard game. We don't allow pausing. Uh, you're going to die a lot. And we expect you, what we expect is to you to keep failing until you get better. Like, it's should they being be, upfront about it. That's what, that's what, I think that's what they're saying. Should they be explicit about what they expect of their players? I think is what they're saying. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like sometimes I'll see that on steam pages where the, they'll say, yeah, you know, this is a very hard hardcore game. game. This is a very this hard, is a game. hardcore game. Yeah. You're going to die you know a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do, I do appreciate when they do that because, uh, <laughs> because, uh, yeah. then I'm like, you're okay, right. I, you're right. 
Because then, just I'll... a theory, but I'm almost 100% sure that people that complain about easy modes in games are the same that demand cheat codes the day of release. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. there are people who demand cheat. There are people who demand cheat codes. Yep. Uh, he's saying that people who complain about easy modes being added to games also demand cheat codes. And I think there's uh, a significant overlap there. Yeah. Why would people demand cheat? I don't under. Okay. I. A good example of uh, being upfront about difficulty in your game is when DayZ was in its infancy, Rocket Hall uh, put up right there on his little splash page, talked about permadeath, average lifespan, 90 minutes. So, hey, at least he was upfront about it. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's about managing expectations. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, and and the developers, to some extent, are not 100% responsible for the community that fosters around their game. No. But there is some. There is some responsibility there that if you are the developer of a game and your game is starting to have this, this mentality of you need to uh, you need to be this good in order to enjoy this game. And I'm saying that as as holding up an imaginary line and saying you need to be this good or don't play. Ah, that is kind of gatekeeping. And it's coming more from the environment that the devs created and allowed to continue. Because if you have a game like, say, uh, Scourgebringer or Celeste, where lots of accessibility modes were added, lots of them were added to make... Uh, Celeste, for example, has an, a mode where you can slow down time and you have this slow time sort of thing. And you can do the platforming a lot easier. You don't have to use it but it's there for the people who need it. And that's awesome. It made the game so accessible that I got a lot of awards for accessibility. Oh, that's cool. So you can, yeah, you can make a game like that where people can play it on the most hardcore of hardcore modes. And you can leave those easy modes in for people who need them. And then people can tailor their experience. You don't have to make it so hardcore that you're limiting the people who are able to play because of their disabilities. I mean, unless that's... They should be able to play that's in what you spite want. of them. Unless that's what these developers want. They want to, you know, keep it pure or whatever. Maybe that's some, what some of them want. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they do but if they do that they are doing it at the expense of people who would otherwise be able to enjoy their game but can't because they're physically incapable of doing so yeah like like I think a lot of people can enjoy Far Cry 6 which we just finished because of all the accessibility options and whatnot. yeah there are so many you can change colors for interactable objects. You can change the color for the HUD. You can change the you can you can toggle on the directional sound. So it'll tell you there was an explosion X many meters that way. So you know, even if you can't hear, or if you are hard of hearing like I am, you have the ability to say, okay, there was something over there. I should probably pay attention to that. And that's a great thing. 
accessibility options are good and and the more of them there are the more normalized there are the better it is for everybody because everybody's going to need some accessibility options at some point and we're getting back to that which is why if you're hearing this and you're thinking gatekeeping is still a good thing uh sincerely rethink your life <laughs> Rethink your life decisions and maybe get out of our community because we don't want you here. I don't think you are not the kind of person we, we, well, we had one, we had one during the accessibility show and they've gotten banned. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, they took it so personally. They took it very personally that people wanted accessibility options. That's right. I forgot about that. They took it so personally, like we were attacking them. Why would you think we're attacking you, sir? <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it was definitely a sir. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was absolutely. Hey, one speed. Come on. There, again, we talked about, yeah. we talked about positive gatekeeping <laughs> and some, sometimes you gotta kick, yeah. you gotta kick people out sometimes. Um, yeah. The, the paradox of tolerance actually does apply here. It's if you allow people who are intolerant within your community, then it will drive people who are tolerant out of the community because they won't feel welcome. And then you will only be left with intolerant people. So if you want to have a good community, you do have to moderate it and you do have to keep it tolerant to the tolerant people. Yeah. Uh, It's funny. I've never heard of the paradox of tolerance until just now. I've never heard of that. We've talked about it before. It's come up on the show more than once. Has it? But wow. it's a, it's, okay. yeah, it's a key point of my moderation style. If you if you have a community and you get the community that you foster, then you get the community you deserve. And if that's what you're left with, then you deserve that because you made it so. Well. And so that's the only kind of good kind of gatekeeping is keeping the bigots out. Yeah. Keeping the negativity and the toxicity out. That is very important. It's, it's, it's hard to do that in real life too. You kind of, you kind of got to moderate your, your, your life really to keep the toxic people out. <laughs> and sometimes the toxic people find you anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I've said this before. One of my oldest friends, he refuses to get vaccinated. And it's like, okay, I, I just can't anymore with you. I just, nope. I just can't anymore with you. Can't do it. Anyone who is anti-vaccine is dead to me. And I say that literally because if I get COVID, I will not survive it. So yeah. for me, anyone who is anti-vax is a problem for me. You know, an inherent threat to me. I can't spend any time around them. I can't be around them. And I don't want to be. Yeah. Brodo Sam, I think gatekeep community gatekeeping is a problem with just about any game. Like if you go to the forums for any specific game, just not, and that's not even steam forums, just like if they have a forum for their game and you go there, Oh, Oh boy. Uh, they can be very passionate and very uh, opinionated. That, that's a nice. That's a nice way to. That's a very polite, nice, kind, maybe overtly kind way to put it. Uh, I I just even though we've talked about gatekeeping for the last hour, I still don't understand it. 
Like I, I don't like, wouldn't you want as big and inclusive community as possible? I mean, don't we all benefit from that? Is aren't we all better because we get along and we, we, we share our love of a thing and, and, and we, we take joy in that love of a thing and we share the joy with each other. Like, why wouldn't you want that? I, I just, for most people, that's how their fandom is that for most people, their, their fandom is inclusive. It's, Hey, you love this thing that I love. So, you know, let's talk about it. Let's, let's nerd out together. That's great. And that's one of the things we do in our community because we are passionate about what we do here. Games our devs make. So of course we're passionate about that, but not all communities are like that because they feel they need to be insular. They need to be tribal. They need to keep out the, and I hate to use this phrase, filthy casuals Ugh. who are maybe not as, yeah, yeah, just because someone is not as much of a fan as you are, that doesn't mean that they cannot become that much of a fan. You're all still fans. Fan. You're all still fans. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you found a game today or if you found it 20 years ago. A fan of a game is still a fan of a game. Uh, just like with any sort of media. If you're a fan of a thing, then you are a fan of that thing and nobody can tell you otherwise, or nobody should tell you that you are not as much of a fan of that thing. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll all get along better as a community. If we allow ourselves, we allow ourselves that if we allow ourselves to be more open and welcoming that of so close. it does require empathy it does definitely require a, a passion and a caring for not just what you like but understanding that other people might not like the thing that you like in the same way that you like it so someone uh, someone who say for example loves star wars uh may have grown up with the original trilogy or they might have grown up with the prequel trilogy and they most, most likely would both consider themselves to be fans, but it's on the person who grew up with the original trilogy to say to the person who grew up with the prequel trilogy, you're as much of a fan as I am. Your, your fandom is just as valid as mine. Ugh. Even if it's not the same way that you liked it, it doesn't matter. Because they're fans too, and they deserve that respect. Because if someone who, say, grew up with the original series of Star Trek came across someone who had only started the next generation yesterday, and they said, you're not as much of a fan as I am, Cheers. well, who? why would that matter? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> what does matter. that accomplish by telling them you're not a, as I'm, much of a I'm fan? I'm so happy you what? started to watch Star Trek. That's That should be what you say. You know, oh, welcome. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy you're, you're trying this thing. I hope you like it as much as I do. And if you do, yeah. great. Yeah, and, it, and if you don't, oh, well. It is all about the idea that somehow, like, if you let in the wrong people into a thing, it'll somehow make the thing worse. It all boils down to it. It's the only, like, because it's either people who just, like, don't think or people who at least try to rationalize it. And the only rational explanation for gatekeeping is if you believe that, like, certain types of people 
joining into a fandom and doing and wanting to do a certain thing will make the thing worse. And that I can only, only think of one example where in which that is actually true. <laughs> I'm listening. Okay. I'm going to get into it because, sure, why not? We're already here. Crusader Kings and the white supremacy that is very rampant within a large section of that community. Oh, really? You're going to have to elaborate. I didn't know this. The Crusader Kings, the Crusader Kings uh, games, as popular as they are, mm-hmm. they do have a large contingent of white supremacists who are fans of it oh. because of the phrase deus fault they really love their crusading because guess what they're white supremacists oh oh no yeah oh no so i didn't know that that is one case that is one case in which i would say those people who are really passionate fans they also happen to be white supremacists and yeah that's a problem because it keeps a lot of people who otherwise would like that series out of enjoying uh, the game. Because while they like the game, they don't like that particular fandom. Uh, because that fandom is not kicked out of the community. Uh, 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 okay. That's, uh... Well, so, uh, God. Yeah. Son of a... We're an hour in. Fuck. I don't yeah. think we could... I don't think I, we could top this. I I'd say we start I, wrapping this I, up. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I, I. Oh, the Hearts of Iron uh, community has a similar problem. Oh God! Right, uh, right. It does. It does. No. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, this, well, no. the phrase is literally "God wills it," and yeah, oh, no. there okay, is no. there is a ooh, oh. big, big, big uh, community within oh, that. Hearts no. of Iron Four is worse in that regard, yeah. though. That's surprising because oh. that needs zero people. God, that makes oh. Does Paradox do try. anything about this? Let me just ask. They do, do they try? Do, they they try to get the more blatant stuff off of their forum okay. to their credit. That's good, I guess. But then there are the the the, the fan communities that have sprung up that they can't off-site. stop. Yeah, they can't. And they stop, can't stop man. that. Uh, They're doing what they can, I imagine. Well, that's good, I guess. I was hoping. Oh God. Okay. Well, uh, I think we, I learned, I learned a lot today. I figured this would be a, a show where I would step back and listen. Cause sometimes folks, it's okay to step back and listen. If someone has a different experience from you, it's how you learn and become a better friend and a better ally. And right now, a lot of people need friends and allies, my friend, especially in America. Dear God. Um, did you hear about what happened on Friday? Half of our population what? lost some of their rights. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, this. Right. Yeah. That. yeah. And, and uh, hey, just so you know, just just FYI, those who are cheering that decision, uh, just be aware that uh, the Loving versus uh, the state of Virginia decision is also on the chopping block as a result of that. And that particular decision uh, is the one that enshrined interracial marriage as oh. being legal. Let's, let's You're going off the assumption that the people who... The, oh, the I people know. Who, I know absolutely that there are people who are cheering that decision right uh, now. And yeah, they are very well aware of that implication and they don't care. No, they so, encourage it. Anyway, so they, there's, they, there's a bit yeah. of anger and sadness amongst us right now, so I apologize. But 
We're gonna we're gonna call it here. I think, um, folks. If Before you this gets completely yeah, out of hand, I guess I want to say is, folks, if you see gatekeeping happening in front of you in a community or wherever, please call it out. Please don't just be silent. Please call it out, and and call it out for the bullshit that it is. But also, but also call out call out anyone that is just causing people suffering I, yeah. i'll put it that well that too but in terms of gatekeeping at least yes when you see something like that just please call it out don't don't be silent don't let it go just the if more you're silent it only enhances the status quo and keeps it going exactly if the status quo is one of abuse or or toxicity then you have just contributed to that problem by not saying anything yeah we we don't be a bystander we we need we need to support each other and 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 make the world a better, more tolerant place of everyone. And one of the ways we can do that is calling this kind of bullshit out when we see it. So if you see this kind of bullshit in a forum, on a Steam forum, on a Discord, wherever, please call it out. Please. E- even if that gets you banned, at least do the right thing and call it out. Please. Because, again, we're, we live in a goddamn society, and we have to support each other. We're not just individual islands, for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I want to thank, uh, the chat, especially today. Very great chat. Uh, I want to thank our, especially our community for being as wonderful and inclusive and supportive as it is. Uh, our community is one of my biggest sources of joy in my life. Uh, I think the only bigger sources are my close friends, my cats and my wife, not in that order. And, uh, and so I want to thank you all for being as wonderful as you are. Um, so next week on the show, we are going to talk, I believe we're going to, uh, wax poetically and fondly about microprose. Uh, they're back. The, the, there's kind of a zombie microprose going on right now. And it's, it's kind a of, whole thing. It's exciting. That's, it's what we're going to be discussing next week. Yeah. We're going to be talking about old and new microprose. Uh, because if you're a game of, if you're a gamer of a certain age, you think microprose and you go, Oh, <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about next week. And tomorrow, since I'm not doing TFX anymore, I'll probably be playing more Warhammer inquisitor on stream. So, uh, um, nice. because TFX is a, just, TFX kind of has its own gatekeeping. Stupid game. I'll anyway. have to ask you about that one because I wasn't there for the stream. Was oh, it, 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 it forces you to go through 10 training missions before you can go to the campaign. You have to cheat to get around that. And that's, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not, good that they have 10 training missions, but they're so, so they're not good training missions. Like the, the training mission I've been stuck on was, oh, uh, our forces are going to be attacked by this like line of tanks and stuff. Protect our forces. That's all it says. It doesn't give you any specifics. It doesn't tell you which targets to attack. Oh, I see. It's just this kind of nebulous, oh, do protect these. Yeah. And I think after 10 attempts, I just gave up. Right. Let's, right. But let's wrap this up before we. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see you. uh, We'll see you on the stream tomorrow and the podcast next week, folks. Thank you so much for being as great a community as you are. Be safe, be well, take care of each other. And if you haven't yet and you can, please get vaccinated. Uh, That's the best way we'll all get through this. The pandemic is still happening. A lot of people don't think it is. The pandemic is still happening. And uh, we got got to get through this. Uh, So as few of us die as possible.
<laughs> so uh, thank you so much for listening and for chatting. And uh, we will see you all next time. Bye-bye, everyone.